Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Had a fantastic question sent in to me today from uh, Steve in our Facebook group. And Steve said to me, this Melbourne Storm, Penrith Panthers, they obviously played in the grand final last year. It looks more than likely they'll play in the grand final this year. And if they don't, I think it's still safe to say that they are by far and away the two best teams in this competition. And I completely agree. I think the writing's on the wall there. And he sort of said to me, how long do you think this rivalry will last? And traditionally... You know, these big rivalries you see probably three, four years, some even up to about five, but probably two to four years is about the average. And, of course, the Penrith Panthers, they obviously were present before this, but they really burst onto the scene last year. The Melbourne Storm, they've been around for a long time having these rivalries for a long time. And it got me thinking about over the last, you know, 30-odd years, the rivalries that have sort of dictated periods of time and I thought I'd just go through them I was just thinking about I haven't got anything written down I'm just going through off the top of my head my sort of memories and I'd I'd like you guys to sort of think about your memories of the clashes that really summed up a period of time and I guess I'm going to start at about 1990 and realistically when I think about that it's the Canberra Raiders they're the team on the up you've also got the young Penrith Panthers and of course they play each other in the 1990 grand final the 1991 grand final was sort of those two teams that dominated that sort of era. Of course, the Broncos are still a young club at this point. They're going to dominate the next few years. But I think the early 90s, definitely the Canberra Raiders coming through that era against that Penrith Panthers side. Now, of course, you know, the Panthers, they come back and win in 1991, 1992. We have uh, Ben Alexander pass away. And that sort of put a hole in the Penrith Panthers and the, the dynasty that they had growing over there. But it still meant the Canberra Raiders still had this unbelievable football side of Ricky Stewart's Mal Meninga's Laurie Daly's Bradley Clyde's you know these sort of just all-time legends and would remain all-time legends still a superstar team and Penrith you know obviously MG left Brandy left Freddie left and it was just all a little bit too hard during this period obviously with the uh with the tragedy of Ben Alexander and as Penrith sort of faded off 
the Broncos, they really found their way. And the Broncos hit the ground running. You know, Premier's 92, 93. Um, unbelievable. And it sort of was the Canberra Raiders and the Brisbane Broncos, I would say, all the way through until mid it's kind of edging into the late 90s, realistically. Um, by some form of miracle, these two teams never played each other. And for me, I think this is probably the two teams that were so influential in an era and were so dominant in an era that never played each other in a grand final. It's weird to think about these two sides never took each other on. Each one, I'm going to say, three to four premierships or whatever it might be, two to three premierships within about an eight-year period, but never played each other in a grand final, which was pretty crazy. And what a game it would have been. It would have been unbelievable. Obviously, in the midst of the Canberra Raiders' sort of dominance during the 90s, you had... The St. George Illawarra Dragons played in two grand finals there. Sorry, the St. George Dragons, not the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Mistake me there. Uh, Played in a couple of grand finals there. So sort of those three teams hovering around there. And then you sort of, in the middle of the 90s, you have a couple of different premiership winners. You obviously have the Canterbury Bulldogs who sort of come from nowhere to win their premiership. Manly there and thereabouts. Newcastle obviously winning in 97. I think that Newcastle and that Manly, obviously the big rivalry between uh, Spud and Chief, that really dominated a, a long period of time there, probably a year, two, two or three years. And whilst that isn't a long time, I mean, over a space of three years, to have a rivalry like that is massive. Super League comes, sort of throws a big spanner in the works. Of course, the main thing is that it takes Brisbane out of that competition, which was huge. Uh, we then come out of the Super League era and sort of the beginning of the Broncos era for me. You have 99, where the Melbourne Storm come from nowhere to win it, uh, 2000. And this is where the Broncos and the Roosters clash really takes off. And it's like probably 2000 to about 2002, 2003, around this mark, where the combination is sort of a rivalry between the Newcastle Knights, the Brisbane Broncos, and the Sydney Roosters. And, of course, you could sum those three teams up by saying Joey, Freddie, Lockie. These were the three players that you wanted to see take each other on constantly. These were probably the three best players in the game at that time. There was a hand, there was a handful of other unbelievable footballers as well. But these three and their teams, whenever they met, it was unbelievable. And I feel like the Roosters, they were probably the linchpin of it. I feel like Newcastle and Brisbane, they still had that rivalry of being two champion teams, two champion players. But I think the linchpin was probably Freddie and his Roosters. Of course, Brisbane played them in the 2000 Grand Final. Uh, the Knights and the Roosters, some of the prelim finals and semifinals they played during this era was just unbelievable. And then, of course, the new kid arrives, the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, and as we mentioned, Freddie and his Roosters were really prominent during this time. And, of course, the Canterbury Bulldogs, 2002, one of the best football teams we've ever seen. Essentially, goes 17 games in a row. They look unbeatable. Then the salary cap drama strikes. They have all their points taken off them. And, of course, the Sydney Roosters and Brad Fittler, his team, they go on to win that premiership. I believe they knock over the Brisbane Broncos in the prelim final. So that rivalry, once again there. They take on the New Zealand Warriors. They win that one. It's the Roosters' first premiership in, I think, 25 years or 28 years or something along those lines. Uh, Roosters fans would know better than me. But it really kicks off this, well, that was our premiership in the Canterbury Bulldogs' eyes. We had it taken from us. We're going to win it back now. And, of course, the Roosters... They come back in 2003. They have to beat the Canterbury Bulldogs to get into the 0-3 grand final against the Penrith Panthers, which they do. But as we've heard Finchie, Fitzy, and Minnie talk about on this podcast, it just took all their gas out of the tank. Then all of a sudden, they play the Penrith Panthers on a wet night. Penrith have a really good start. They play really well. The, the hooker absolutely brains at Luke Prittis, and the Roosters lose that grand final. And then a year later, it, it kind of felt like the way this premiership does right now. It always felt like... 
Bulldogs and the Roosters were destined to meet each other in the grand final. It's the grand final we've been waiting for a couple of years. Not exactly the same situation as season 2021, because obviously we had that grand final last year. But I think it was those two teams that we sort of came out of that era of Joey, Lockie, Freddie, just a three-way clash into the era of the Bulldogs and the Roosters that really dominated that period. And then after that, obviously, Freddie retires. Um, the Bulldogs, they sort of drop off themselves a bit. And we go through a couple of weird years there. Obviously, the West Tigers come from absolutely nowhere to win it in 05. A sensational season. Unbelievable to think back on how the West Tigers managed to do that. Unbelievable. Led by Scott Prince and Benji Marshall. Incredible season. 06, we start to see something happening. And it's the emergence of these kids from Melbourne. These guys coming through the Melbourne Storm system that look special. And they take on the Brisbane Broncos in the 2006 Grand Final. Of course, they get beat. The Broncos, Shane Webke's last game. A lot of emotion around that game. And Darren Lockyer is a star there. Sean Berrigan wins the Clive Churchill. And it sort of, sort of signals the start of a new era. Now, you've got to remember that's 2006. Yeah, Broncos, still a very handy team, won that premiership. They would remain a handy team as long as Darren Lockie was in this side. But it was time for the Melbourne Storm. Now, there was another team on the rise during this time as well, of course, the Manly Seagulls. Now, it's the next few years that are dominated by these two teams for me. You had 07, they played each other in the grand final. The Melbourne Storm win that one. Greg Inglis has one of the games of his life there. 2008, the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls, they come back to play each other again. And of course... In that game, 40 nil to the Manly Seagulls. Unprecedented. Imagine if imagine if the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm played each other in the grand final this year and uh, the Penrith Panthers, after getting beat the year before, come back and win that game 40 nil. Just unheard of. Unbelievable scenes. Obviously, Cameron Smith missed that game, so a lot of it comes down to that moment there, probably. But 40 points, I don't think you can possibly put it down to one player, even if he is the greatest player we've ever seen. And this sort of Manly... The Melbourne Storm. It sort of hovers around for a couple of years. Of course, um, the Melbourne Storm, they play in the grand final again in 09. They win that one against the Parramatta Eels. Hainsey obviously pulled that team off the canvas. Um, then 2010 comes around. Salary cap drama. And this is where the team that dominated these two years, especially with Melbourne sort of out of the picture, was the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So you got to remember, for the last six or seven years, I haven't really mentioned the Dragons, but from 05 to 2010, essentially, this team... They're on the doorstep of winning a premiership. Yeah, they just need the right guys to walk into the system. Wayne Bennett's the guy that walks in. They sort of come out of that Trent Barrett, Luke Bailey sort of era of those guys, Gaz, Coop. Uh, a lot of those guys are still there, but like a few years earlier than that, 05, 6, 7, you know, this team was primed to win a premiership. Never quite got the job done. Um, Wayne Bennett walks in 09 and just turns the place on its head. Everything changes. Jamie Soward emerges as one of the premier players in our game and they sort of change the game a little bit with a new style of just whenever there are points available, we're going to take him. We don't care what the score is. If there's two points available, Sowie's going to throw him over. You're going to kick off to us. We're going to get down to your halfway. We're going to kick into a corner and we're going to bash you down there and keep you down there. They were just a clinical football team. And for me, I would have loved to have seen the 2010 Dragons take on the 2010 Melbourne Storm. I know there were Sally Cup dramas and whatever, but it was sort of those two teams for me at that time. And I think that could have been one of the great rivalries of all time. But so never got to see that. 2010, uh, the salary cap drama happens. 2011, uh, the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls both still hanging around, still right at the top there. I believe that's the year 
that there's the Battle of Brookie. I could be wrong, though. I want to say 2011, obviously, another chapter in that one. Uh, of course, the Manly Seagulls, they go on to win that premiership, their second premiership in three or four years, defeating the New Zealand Warriors, who kind of came from nowhere that season. A uh, really crazy season for the New Zealand Warriors. Obviously, the emergence of Sean Johnson that season was unreal. And then the next couple of years, we have... 2012, we have the Melbourne Storm once again. You're getting, you're starting to understand that the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls really dominated this era. Then smack in the middle of this six-year period of Manly and Melbourne, you have this St. George Illawarra Dragon side led by Wayne Bennett, Jamie Sow, Ben Hornby, Dean Young. These sort of guys that emerge, they rise really quickly. And then unfortunately, they fall off pretty quickly as well. Wayne Bennett leaves, he goes to Newcastle. 2013 comes around, this Roosters team, and this is what they've been traditionally known for, of course, buying a heap of players, but gelling them together unbelievably quickly. James Maloney leads that New Zealand Warriors team that we spoke about just a minute ago. He arrives at the Roosters. Sonny Bill Williams arrives at the Roosters. Michael Jennings arrives at the Roosters. They go on to win the 2013 Premiership, which was unbelievable, and of course, prelim final to get into that game to beat the Manly Seagulls. They beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Michael Maguire and his Rabbitohs, they're slowly building. You can tell something special is coming here. Inglis, Sam Burgess, and of course the Roosters win 13. The Rabbitohs, they come back and win in 2014. And it's sort of becoming now evident that the salary cap era, there's going to be a wave of of different premiers. You sort of, it's the same couple of teams up around the top, but we have, I mean, in a couple of years, we have Melbourne, Roosters, South Sydney, then we have the Cowboys. Then we have the Cronulla Sharks win the premiership. Just insane to have five different premiers over five years. Two of those five teams are winning their first premiership ever. Crazy to think that that has happened and South Sydney end a 40-year drought. Just an insane period where rugby league was pretty much you know, cl- close to one of its best years for me because there was always top teams at the be- at the top, the same top sort of teams, but a different premier just about everywhere. And as I said, the Cowboys and the Sharks, they win their first grand final ever. South Sydney end a massive drought, so a sensational period there. And then we came out of that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Of course, we go 17, 18, 19, and this is the era dominated by the Sydney Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm win in 2017. 2018, the Roosters arrive. Cooper Cronk leaves the Melbourne Storm. He arrives at the Sydney Roosters. Of course, they go on to win that premiership. They return the next year and defeat the Canberra Raiders. So that period of really the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm with a bit of a sprinkle of the Canberra Raiders, we've got to be honest here, a really champion side that... For me, it's pretty disappointing. They never managed to take home a premiership during that time, and it looks like we might be in for a bit of a rebuilding camera unless Ricky Stewart can turn this all around next year. And then, of course, Melbourne Storm, they continue to carry on. The Roosters, they haven't dropped off by any means, but it just takes a lot of gas out of you winning those premierships. I feel like the Roosters have dropped back to that Tier 2 sort of side at the moment. A lot of injuries, a lot of a, a big change over there. The Roosters, they don't tend to rebuild they tend to reload and go again, but it looks like now they're going to have to have a bit of a rebuild, which realistically will probably look like a reload compared to other teams' rebuilds anyway. But now you've got the Penrith Panthers who arrive in 2020. COVID happens, absolute, complete and utter chaos. They go all the way to the grand final. Of course, they lose to this team. 
the Melbourne Storm, who has been evident and at the forefront of everything that is rugby league since we mentioned 2006, when a dynasty had just started, something new had come along in 2006, and it was the Melbourne Storm. I really do think that these Penrith Panthers and these, this Melbourne Storm team, I think that their dynasty can kick off for another two or three years. We've already seen one year. We've seen 2021. I think you should, you could see this go on till about 2023. Uh, there are new teams emerging. The Parramatta Eels, they're up and comers. Whether they're going to take that new step to be proper contenders, I'm not sure. South Sydney Rabbitohs, they're losing Wayne Bennett, so really hard to get a gauge on what's going to happen there. Adam Reynolds leaving as well, so a massive loss there. Um, you know, the Roosters, the Roosters are always going to be there and thereabouts. I feel like they're just going to be a couple of tier, a tier below probably the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers for the next two years or so, but they're, they're going to be there and thereabouts. And then, of course, you've got Tom Trevojevic. Um, the way that he is doing things at the moment is unbelievable. And it kind of gives me a bit of a vibe that we might be heading into that early 2000s sort of thing again, where it's sort of Munster and Harry Grant versus Nathan Cleary versus Tom Trevojevic. It's got a bit of a vibe to that sort of Lockyer, Johns, Fittler sort of vibe that we had in the early 2000s. A really exciting time for Rugby League. Fantastic question there by Steve. I really enjoyed going back through the timeline of Rugby League over the last 30 years. If there's any dynasties or any sort of teams that I missed in the midst of that, there might be teams that won premierships here and there that I didn't mention because maybe they didn't kick on for long enough. Like, for example, the 2001 Parramatta Eels, I didn't even mention them. They obviously dominated that small period of time uh, but didn't take on the premiership because Joey got the job done there. But um, yeah, really good to look back in time. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. Stay tuned this afternoon. We're going to be dropping our underrated halves of all time. Really excited to bring you that one. Suggested by you guys. Some cracking sevens and sixes coming up in there. Then tomorrow morning, we've got an interview with Lee Addison, uh, one of the best junior rugby league coaches in the country. One of the best schoolboy coaches we've ever seen as well. And he's got he brings us a very special story about a Canterbury Bulldogs debutante. You'll see him this weekend. And he's probably a guy that you've never heard of, realistically. Uh, Kiko Manu, his name is, and I'm very excited to bring you this story because it's one that you will not believe. So make sure you stay tuned for that tomorrow morning. A sensational story. A great story for anyone coming through Junior Rugby League or just anyone in any field about never giving up. It's a sensational one. Can't wait to bring that to you tomorrow morning. Stay tuned. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.